This morning, I want you to grab your Bibles and open up to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18. The book of Proverbs, chapter 18. And this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on the subject of the power of your words. The power of your words. Glory to God. Gordon, stand. Stand for the reading of God's word. Proverbs, chapter 18. Amen. Praise God. Is everybody there? Amen. Let's read one verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. One more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Father, we thank you this morning. And God, we ask again for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. God, we ask, God, that your Holy Spirit will come and and Lord, begin to move upon our hearts and move upon our lives today, Father. I ask for the unction of your spirit, my God, to, to enable me, my God, to empower me to communicate this word to your congregation this morning. I pray, God, that you would speak to lives and meet us at our point of need today, my God. Father, let your word go forth in power, Lord. Let it produce, God, a crop of righteousness, a harvest of righteousness in the lives of your people, God. Lord, help us to pay attention. Help us to be attentive, God. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Today, I'm going to talk to you again, as I mentioned, about the power of your words. And this morning, I, I want to communicate this to us because... I believe that, again, our vision is, is, is God is trying to move us into another level, another chapter. There are deep-rooted issues within our hearts. Amen. That, 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 that they travel to our minds and to our thoughts and eventually proceed out of our mouths. You know, we, we begin to say words like, I can't do it. Like some of you are probably saying, I can't go tonight. I don't have no money. I can't make it. I can't do it. I'll never be able to. I can't get involved. I See, you got all these I can'ts in your vocabulary. And it's those I can'ts that hinder you. It's the I can'ts that keep you from progressing, from moving forward, from being able to do what God says you can do. See, our words have power to shape our futures, either for the good or for evil. Some of the issues in our lives are a direct result of words, either our own or the words of others spoken into our lives. Maybe a parent, right? Maybe a teacher. Maybe a police officer. Somebody that had a direct impact in your life with those words. But most of the time, it happens within our households as we're growing up. Hello. Sometimes we're told, you'll never amount to nothing. Well, we're told crazy words. We're told that we're stupid. We're told you're dumb. We're told, man, you're, you're, man, when are you going to get it together? You're lazy. You're irresponsible. We're, we're, we're told stuff like that, right? So those words had an impact in our life, right? Well, how about when we speak to one another as spouses? Well, you never. Well, you always, right? Well, you never. Well, you always. We got to get that out of the vocabulary, right? Then we start speaking words like, well, I want a divorce. Even though we don't mean it, we just say it to try and hurt the the other person but as you keep speaking that stuff that stuff becomes a reality in your life that's why we grew up with issues that's why we have commitment issues today come on somebody that's why we have faithfulness issues today that's why we have complexes and that's why we deal with certain things in our life because of the things and the words that were spoken into us 
Satan himself understands the power of words. That's why, listen to this, he has specialized in manipulating them and using them to create false realities in our lives. He uses them like a skilled marksman to convey lies that produce fear, complexes, and doubts in our life. Hello. Yes, he does. Some of us, we get so far serving the Lord and then we fall back. We go so far doing good, then we fall back. Right? We, we do so good until we meet that giant that says, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't going to go past this, this far. You never made it before. You're never going to make it now. You ain't going nowhere. And he comes out and he defies us. It's a lie from the enemy. It's those words that, that echo and they resound in the chambers of our hearts and the recesses of our minds. See, words are powerful. Genesis 1 verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God fashioned the universe, the heavens and the earth with his words. Very simply with his words, he said, let there be light. As he spoke things into existence. Hello. He spoke it into existence. That's the power of words. We have the ability to speak life or death into our lives and situations. If we desire to speak life, then you and I are going to need to learn to speak God's language. Hello. See, God has a certain type of language. And as Christians, as you know, you get familiar. See, when, when I got involved and I started hanging around, see, you can always tell a person a lot of times by the way they speak. Right? I'm, I'm from originally, I'm from California. So, right? So when you would meet certain people, they'd be like, oh, dude, what's up, bro? Oh, that's a surfer. You would say he's a surfer, right? We'd see them. Then you meet other guys that have a different type of talk, and they're, oh, that's a cholo, that's a homie, that, he, he's a gang member, right? You, you could tell, you, they would talk certain ways, and we'd be able to identify where they're from, what kind of background, who they associate with a lot of times, by their speech, by their language. See, we as Christians now, that's what we got we to gotta learn to learn God's language. God has a certain language that he speaks that you and I as Christians got to learn to understand so that we too can begin to communicate and speak that language see the way you and I will speak life the way you and I will begin to speak this language is very simply when we begin to speak God's word into your situation hello when you and I begin to speak God's word into our situation let me give you a little example right we say you know, you need to get involved. And right away, you say, well, I can't. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even, man, I, I didn't even graduate high school. I don't know. I, I can't be in front of people. And right away, we say, I can't. But then you got to say, lying devil. The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. See, I, I, I begin to speak God's word. I'm speaking life now. Rather than speaking words of defeat. See, see, you can always tell where a person's at spiritually by the words that come out of their mouth. You can tell a person's faith by, you know, where it's at, by the words that come out of their mouth, whether they have great faith, little faith, or no faith. Right? We begin to say, we're going to go. Listen, we're going to Orlando after service. And right away, some people, well, I can't go. I ain't got gas. Well, that's your faith. Why can't you get gas? Why can't you find a ride? Faith. Others will say, man, I'm going to be there. I'm going. That's faith. I don't know how I'm going, but I'm going. I'm there. 
See, that's faith. That's coming out of their mouth. Why? Because that's what they believe. See, you can always tell what person's at by what they speak. See, you begin to speak God's word into your situation. See, most of the time you can tell what person is negative or positive by their words. Hello. It's God's word that brings life, not our own. Something you got to understand. It's God's word that brings life, not our own. So don't go making up words. It's got to be God's word that you speak into your situation. Speaking the word of God is powerful and absolutely necessary in overcoming. How many have things to overcome in their life? You have things to overcome in your life. Well, you need to learn God's language and you need to know God's words so that you can begin to speak it into your situation so that you can overcome. You can't do it on your own. You need God's word working in your life. Now, however, there's a few principles here that we need to continually exercise if we are to be effective in speaking God's language. Number one, obedience. We cannot speak God's word to our mountains and expect to get results if we simply do not obey his word. Don't tell your mountain to move if God tells you something and you don't move. If God says, be obedient, be faithful, be committed, be loyal, be dedicated, love your neighbor, forgive that person, forgive that person, give, and we don't respond to his word, then what makes you think that you and I are going to have authority to be able to speak to our mountains and tell them to flee in the name of Jesus? Come on, somebody. When we won't even respond to Jesus. Okay. Obedience. Second one is forgiveness. There is no power in speaking to a mountain if the heart is full of unforgiveness. You just, it's, it's like having a short. It just, it just, it cuts you off. Why? Because the Bible says that unless you forgive, you will not be forgiven. So no matter how much you go to church, how much you read God's word, how much you pray, if you are harboring unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, your prayers are not acceptable to God. That's God's word. Your prayers are unacceptable to God. He's saying, no, how do you expect me to forgive you when you're still harboring unforgiveness towards your brother, towards your dad, towards your mom, towards your brother, towards your sister, towards your neighbor? How do you expect me to forgive you when you yourself are unwilling to forgive? And sometimes our transgressions between us and God are far worse than any transgression anybody's done to us. But it's out of stubbornness. It's out of pride. See, that's why God requires us to forgive. Thirdly, submission. An unsubmitted life is a result of ignorance or rebellion. What are the other? Ignorance is we don't know, or rebellion is we do know, but we still fail to do it. Right? A submitted life gives us authority to speak to mountains. That gives us authority when you submit. Hello. See, because when you're a submitted individual, you're obeying, you're forgiving, and now you're submitted to God. What happens now is when you come before that mountain, that mountain is bigger than you and I. Right? So when you stand before your mountain, here you are, and your mountain is here. Right? But because you're a submitted individual, standing behind you, God is here. Right? So when you go before the bully, come on, somebody, right? You tell him, I command you in the name of Jesus, my homie right here, my backup, my Lord and Savior, I command you to move. And it's going to move, not because of me, but because of he. 
right? He says, oh, man, he got your back, all right? Not because of you, but because of him. But, see, that's the thing. If I'm submitted to God, hey, then when somebody messes with me, they're messing with him. Amen. I just need to hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle. See, so when you and I are submitted to God, then you can speak to your mountain and it's got to move. Someone said, well, I've tried it before and it don't work. Well, maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's disobedience in your life. That got to come together so that we can begin to speak words of faith. Many people today have accepted Christ as their personal Savior, fallen to the deception, listen to this, of trying to operate one of God's principles while completely ignoring another. Hello. Right? We, we, we try to operate one of God's principles on this level, and we refuse or don't correspond on this level. Right? So here it is. I'll give you an example. I'm speaking life into my finances. Lord, I speak life. Your, your word says, God, that you, you own all the cattle on a thousand hills, that all the gold and all the silver are yours, says the Lord. And God, that you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glories in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm speaking life. And I'm believing that. But on this level over here, the Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall be poured into your lap. No, I don't believe all that stuff. I don't, I don't know. The tithing offers, that's crazy. People just want your money. Yeah, but you want God's money? Over here, you're trying to operate in this principle, pull down blessings, but you don't want to obey this principle. Okay, we'll move on there. All right. You guys are looking at me crazy right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Bible says this. Paul's speaking now to the church there, and he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. See, Paul was saying, listen, I came to you guys, and, and, and I wanted to impart some spiritual words, spiritual words of life, words that would edify, words that would strengthen, words that would build you, words that would, would take you to another level, will catapult you into your future and into your destiny. But as I came, I've realized that you're not spiritual, but you're carnal. And you're carnal by the way you're acting and the things that you're saying. He says, therefore, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. I had to speak to you. Come on, somebody. He says, as babes. Why? Because of the maturity level. Because I, even if I did communicate a spiritual word to you, you wouldn't understand it. The Bible says, do not cast your pearls to the swine. Do not cast your pearls to the swine. And what that, what that means is that the swine or pigs don't find any value in precious pearls. They're just going to stomp on them and probably even swallow them. Right? When you give pearls to somebody who understands what pearls are and their value, they're going to appreciate them. Hello. Right? So a lot of times what Paul is saying is, why am I going to come? I wanted to speak to you some spiritual things that were going to benefit your life, but I couldn't because you weren't there yet. You wouldn't understand the language that I'm trying to communicate and speak to you. So I had to speak to you as babes. I couldn't give you some meat. Come on, somebody. I couldn't give you that pernin. Come on. I had to give you some, some, some non-fat milk. I had to give you some silk milk. Come on now. Because even that was still kind of hard for your stomach. See, he said, I had to give you some, 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 some baby milk. Little things. Because you didn't understand. See, learning God's language comes with practice and time. 
See, they were acting carnal. They were being disobedient. They weren't forgiving. They were taking sides. Why follow Paul? Why follow Peter? Why follow Apollos? And they, their eyes were on men, and they were all corrupt. And Paul says, man, what's going on here? What is this stuff? This is not biblical. This is not Christ-like. Who is Paul after all? Who is Apollos? And who is Peter? We're simply servants. We're here to serve God. See, they were acting carnal. And so he says, I couldn't give you spiritual stuff because you weren't there yet. As long as, we remain, as long as we remain ignorant or carnal-minded, we will be praying a lot of things, listen to this, that are out of God's will. We'll be praying a lot of things that are our will and not His will. Right? We sing the song, not my will, but your will be done in my life. Right? For only in your will, O Lord, am I satisfied. See, we sing it, but do we mean it? See, when we are ignorant to this, to God's word, and we're carnal-minded, again, we're going to be praying things that are our will and not God's will. Right? Some of us pray, oh, God, bless me with a car. Bless me with a car. Bless me with a house. You know what God's going to bless you with? He's going to bless you with a job so you can work to go buy a car. He's going to bless you with a job so you can go work and buy a house. Yeah, God can bless you with a house, no problem. It ain't too hard for God. But see, but then, then we're only going to come to God for things. You see what I'm saying? God, God wants you and I to have to labor. When you have to labor, you learn to appreciate. Come on, somebody. That's why a woman who has a child loves their children. Why? Because they work hard. You know, they say that a woman comes closest to death or any time a person comes closest to death is a woman in childbearing. When she has to give birth to a child is when a person, a human, will come closest to death. And so, you know, when that woman pushes that baby out, come on, somebody. You, you know, and, and they, they love and appreciate that child. Because they had to work hard. Come on, somebody. It almost costed them their life. So when you and I have to labor for something, you and I will learn to appreciate it. This here is due to the fact that we can't tell the difference. What is God's will and what is my will? Well, I believe that this is God's will for my life. And somebody, you know, I, I get those questions at times. How do you know it's God's will for your life? And there are different situations, different scenarios, Right? I just said, well, first and foremost, God is never going to give you anything that's going to take you away from him or from his plan for your life. Hello. Right? No, that's the woman for me. That's the woman for me. She doesn't even say it. She don't come to church. No, I know it's her. God showed me. Well, maybe it is God's will, but it may not be God's time. So you go after her, she's going to take you out of the church house. Now you're both going to be messed up. She only likes you because you have the anointing of God and the presence of God in your life. And when, when, when she sees that if, if you go back and you stop coming to church, she can like you no more. Oh, amen. Come on, somebody. Because the real you, the old you is going to come out. She fell in love with the Christian you or the Christian her. Come on, somebody. Right? So, so we want it. See, God is never going to give you anything. He's going to take you away from him, from his church and from his plan for your life. If anything, if it's God's will, see, God's concern for you and I is that we come to salvation first and foremost. Second of all is that we fulfill his plan and his purpose. You ain't here by mistake. God gave you life because you first had a purpose to fulfill. You have a mission to accomplish. So when you go to work, you don't leave until your day's up, until your hours are fulfilled. In the same way, you have a plan, you have a purpose to fulfill. Serving the Lord. 
So God isn't going to give you anything. He's going to take you away from that. If anything, it's going to catapult you and get you closer to it. Amen. But a lot of times we pray things that are our will and not God's will because we don't understand them yet. We can't discern the difference. It's what we want rather than what we need. And in the beginning, God will always give you what you need. Hello. Yes, he will. He gives you what you need. Let's move on. So we must learn the word of God and know his heart if we're going to begin to speak God's language. In Isaiah 55, verse 11, Isaiah says, So shall my word, this is God speaking through the prophet, So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hello. So when God speaks, God is not like humans. We just talk sometimes just to talk. And we talk nonsense. We, we just, we just blah, 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 flow, just, just talk. The Bible says in Proverbs where, where there are many words, sin is not absent. Come on, somebody. So a lot of times we just talk just to conversate. See, but when God speaks, he speaks for a purpose. Amen. When God speaks, he speaks with a purpose. And he says, so my word is when I speak it, it's going to go out. And it's going to accomplish what I purposed it to accomplish. It will not return back to me void. Hello. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God wants us to be his mouthpiece. Hello. Right? The prophets of old in the Old Testament, the prophets were mouthpieces for God. They were called to speak God's words to people, to situations, to cities, to dry bones, to mountains, or whatever God told them to speak to. Hello. You know, they had to go out there and speak. You know, there you, you, you find the prophet now, and there he is in a valley of dry bones. Bones that have been dry for a long time. And God now tells them to prophesy to the bones. Speak to them. Hello. He told prophets to go and speak to the city. To begin to prophesy to the city. Jesus himself begins to lament over the city of Jerusalem. He begins to speak to the city. See, and God wants to use us to be his mouthpiece in our city in our life, in our families, in our homes. See, but in order for these prophets to fulfill their mission, they had to be submitted to God and their mouth his. Uh-oh. So what's the purpose of a mouthpiece? Very simply, number one, to provide comfort. A word fitly spoken in due season is like apples of gold in settings of silver, Proverbs twenty-five eleven. See, saying the right word at the right time. Isaiah 50, verse 4, he speaks this, The Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple and one who is taught that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear as a disciple. A disciple is a learned one. See, so what the Bible is telling us or what these verses are telling us is that you and I have the blessing of God to cheer others up with our words. Hello. The blessing of God to encourage others. Listen to this. We can either bless people or curse them with our words. You can either hold people back or you can urge them forward with our words. It's vital that we understand very simply 
that there is authority attached to our words. Hello. Give you a perfect example. This is why we need to be cautious when we speak to our children. Little ones. Right? Because our words have authority. So when we speak things to them, they believe it. That's why Jesus rebuked the disciples when, when all the children were coming to him. And they said, get these kids out. And, and he told them, no, what are you doing? Leave them alone. Right? He then took it another level. As a matter of fact, you must become like one of them if you desire to enter the kingdom of heaven. You, why? Because these precious children, when they're small, their mind's in the forming stage where whatever, they're just receiving information. See, you and I, we hear something, but we've probably heard it before. Therefore, we heard something similar. And so that sometimes we hear things that are conflicting to what we believe or what we've heard. So we process things. But children have nothing to process it against. So what they hear for the first time, they believe. It becomes foundational in their life. So when, when you speak words to a child, they believe what you tell them. Even though you don't mean it, you might be speaking it out of frustration, out of anger. You might be taking things out on them. And man, hurry up and clean your room. Man, I told you, you're lazy. Just hurry up. And, and, and all those words, you're driving them into your child. And that's forming their character. It's going to come out in their personality. And it's going to be revealed in their attitudes. So we got to watch what we say around our children. Not only children physical children but how about the babes in the lord right new christians that come and they're they're newly saved the things that we speak as 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 we've been around for those that have been around a little bit we begin to speak things sometimes babes in the lord when they come to church they hear gossip right they come in and they hear this person talking about that person this one talking about this leader and that leader complaining about that leader and somebody complaining about this and then they just they they man this is too much man and they can't handle it Hello. We've got to watch what we say. Secondly, another responsibility of a mouthpiece is to build up. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and edify one another, just as you're doing. Exhortation is a gift, but also a much-needed ministry in the house of the Lord. Hello. How many need to be encouraged? Amen. Right? We need to be encouraged. Yes, we do. And if, you, if you're proud, you're lying. And we'll pray for you for the lying spirit. Amen. Be gone. <laughs> the greatest exhorter is the Holy Spirit. He is known as the helper. We, we covered this a few weeks back. Helping people in their growth in God. See, he is also known as the comforter, right? He is constantly working and making people feel better about themselves about their circumstances, their past, their present and future, and everything that concerns them. The Spirit of God is there to encourage you, to uplift you, right? To edify you. He begins to reveal things concerning your future, and he begins to tell you that he's called you, that you're, 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 you're God's beloved, that you're the apple of his eye, that Jesus died for you, he laid down his life for you, that you're precious to him, Right? See, he begins to love us and he begins to care for us and he, and, he, and he begins to reveal the love of God, the unconditional love that in spite even when we make mistakes, he's still there to embrace us and to love us. Hello. Makes us feel good. Right? As God's mouthpiece, we're to build up and comfort one another with our words. See, if anybody we need to practice on, it's one another. Right? So if you and I, you know, you got to realize this. If you're speaking nonsense, come on, somebody. 
If we're speaking, if I'm complaining about Kenny, I'm not edifying him. I'm not being a mouthpiece of God. I'm being a mouthpiece of, hello. Right? Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So when I begin to speak nonsense towards him, my brother, am I edifying him? Am I building him up? What am I doing? I'm destroying him. And the mission of Satan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. So if I start talking madness about Kent here, and I start complaining about him and murmuring and gossip and slandering and, and, and whatever, pointing out faults, am I edifying him, man's home? What am I doing? Destroying. So now I'm not a mouthpiece of God. I'm a mouthpiece of, okay, you said it, not me. Right? Because the enemy's mission is to destroy the church. And so we can either partner with God and speak blessings to encourage and uplift one another, or we can be used of the enemy, an advocate of Satan, to begin to destroy from within. That's why submission and obedience is necessary. Because if you're not submitted to God and you're not obedient to God, it's a door for the enemy to come in. Amen? James chapter 3, verse 2. I'm going to give you some last two points and we'll close here. James says this. Indeed, we all make mistakes. Come on, anybody make mistakes here? Right? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. James is making a powerful and profound statement here, right? He's saying that if we can control our tongue, that little that piece of meat, right? right? It would, he says, if we can control that, then we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Hmm. Now, despite what you may think, what we talk about matters. It matters to you and to your well-being. James point out first, listen to this, that if we could control our tongues or our talk, then we could be able to also control ourselves in any other way. In chapter 3 now, in the same chapter, verse 4 through 8, James tells us very simply that no one can tame the tongue, not by themselves. James states that it is a restless, undisciplined, irreconcilable evil. Anything undisciplined will be wild and uncontrollable. This is why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to control our lengua. Come on, somebody. That tongue. We must learn to discipline our own mouths and take responsibility for what comes out of them. See, if our tongue is out of control, then we are out of control. Hello. Right? How do you talk about your future? Simple question to ask yourself to ponder that. How do you speak about your future? See, the reality is is that we think more about our past than we do our future. We ponder more our past than we do our future. That's why some of you come to the house of God condemned. You come defeated, downcast. A lot of times, why? Because you've been pondering your past all week long. And so what happens is when you are in that state of mind, what happens is you come to church for a spiritual fix. I come for an emotional uplifting. I come because I want to feel good because I've been feeling bad all week. We got to get beyond that. So 
how do you talk about your future? If you're not satisfied with your life and you want to see it change, you will have to begin prophesying a better future for yourself and your loved ones according to God's word. You'll have to begin to prophesy, meaning speaking life into your situation, into your marriage. You see what I'm saying? We, we speak a lot of death. Oh, she's the devil, my God. Touch her, demon, possess. Pastor, you're going to come pray for, right? He's the devil. These kids, man, they're driving me nuts. I wish I'd get rid of every one of them, right? And we speak, we speak death. Man, I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to grow out of this. Man, why? Man, I'm just messed up. I've always been like this. Man, I can't change. And we're speaking death into our situation. That's what you're prophesying. You're speaking out of your past. Hello. You're speaking out of your past. And if you're going to see change, that needs to stop. You need to begin to start speaking life into your future. Amen? See, you can change things in your life by cooperating with God and speaking His Word over your life. So in doing so, what we need to do, number one, is you need to start blessing yourself. Hello. Tell your neighbor, bless yourself. Come on, say, bless thyself. See, Isaiah 65, verse 16 says, So that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. Now, it's a twofold principle. Before I share it, it's very simple. A lot of times people have a hard time with this concept is that you need to bless yourself. Right? Because we come in with this false sense of humility. Oh, no, no. Got to give the Lord all the glory. And yes, we do. Right? But the truth is, is that God's will will not be accomplished in the earth without people who are willing to submit their life and be used of God. Right? We wouldn't have had the great worship we had this morning if these men that came up here and submitted their life to play an instrument, get on the drums, and, and, and you know, Brother Jason coming and bringing instruments and, and all these things that we have up here, and everybody participating, and the singers coming and practicing on a Monday, sacrificing a night to come and practice and sing. We wouldn't have the worship that we have this morning. See, because they said, yes, I'm willing to be used, God. I'm willing to submit my life. See, so, yes, God's will, to God be the glory. But I thank God also for men and women that are willing to be used so that God's will can be done in the earth today. Right? So a lot of times when it comes down to blessing thyself, and I'll clarify in a moment, we, we, we try to leave ourselves out of the picture. That's why you can believe God for somebody else's healing, but you can't believe for your own. You can believe God for somebody else's deliverance, but you can't believe God for your own struggles. Bless thyself. It's a twofold principle. Number one, no person's words have as much authority in your life as your own. No person's words have as much authority in your life than your own. Think about it. You talk to yourself every day. Yes, you do. You're talking to yourself right now. You're saying, man, I wish you'd be quiet now and finish. I'm just playing. Some of you are saying, man, God, you're speaking to me. God, you're dealing with that's me. God, am I really like that? God, I need to change. See, you, you speak to yourself, 
right? What about when we fumble or we trip up or we fall or we fall short of God's glory? What happens after that? We start kicking ourselves all over the place. You dummy. You messed up again. See, you're no good. See, I told you, man, God, see, man, I, why are you even using me? God, why are you even saving me? We're kicking ourselves all over the place, right? We condemn ourselves. Right after, all of a sudden now, here we are condemning ourselves and, and boom, just saying all this stuff about us. And that stuff becomes a reality. Secondly, our future cannot be blessed until we let go of the past. Hello. Right? Our future cannot be blessed until we let go of the past. That's heavy. Think about that. Right? So your future now, nothing's going to happen in your future unless you first are willing to let go of your past. That's, that's a heavy thing. See, remember I said when, we, when we're speaking out of our past, and when you begin to speak out of your past, most of us had a negative past. So all you're doing now is conveying a negativity from the past, and you're speaking it forth into your future. You're just taking what has happened back here, and now you're building your future with it. You're taking bad materials and building a new house with it. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. I have one more point and we'll finish. Do not remember the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is saying, forget the former things. Forget that old man. Forget that old woman. Forget that old life. God says, I've forgotten about it. You need to forget about it. He says, I'm doing a new thing in your life. The person you used to be. The person you were yesterday. The person you were an hour ago. The person you were 10 minutes ago. I've forgotten about that person. I'm looking to your future. God is never looking at your past. When he called you, he didn't consider your past. He was considering your future. It's always the enemy who throws your past in your face. Yes, he does. Stop considering the past when thinking about your future. What we think about eventually comes out of our mouths. Hello. What we think about. How do you, let me just throw this in here. How do you think about yourself? See, that plays a big role. Before, when I first got saved, you know, I, and, and, I, and it's true, I, I am unworthy to serve the Lord. But somebody, I used to say that, and then one of my leaders said, listen, you need to stop that mentality. Because then, then you take on a poor me mentality. Like, oh, I'm not worthy. He needed to say, yes, you were. If God the Father sent his son to die for you, I think you're worthy enough. If God saw that you were worthy to die for, then you're worthy enough. Not Don't get proud. Oh, I'm all. No, no, no. You're worthy that God was willing. Who else died for you? Did your mom die for you? Did your mom lay down? Did your dad? You know, I'm just saying because that's the closest, I think, relationship we can think about. A spouse. No. God died for you. That he was willing to love you. That he found you worthy enough to die for you. So a lot of times we, we, we have this mindset. If I ask you know, you about, so what do you think about yourself? Who you are? A lot of people say, well, I'm an arrogant person. I'm proud or I'm stubborn. See, well, you got to get that mindset out of there because you'll always be like that. You'll always be proud. You'll always be stubborn. You know, you, you got to get out of that. 
The Bible says, listen to this, right? You got to look at God's word and you got to realize that, yes, I'm confident. Not in myself. I'm confident in the calling. I'm confident in the purpose. I'm confident in the anointing. I'm confident in the power and the calling of God that he has placed in my life. God has called me. So I'm confident to do what I've been called to do. Apart from him, I'm filthy. I'm no good. I'm a wretched man. Don't trust me. Don't follow. Don't believe. But in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. In Christ, I can do all things. In Christ, I've been given the title and the position and the office of a pastor. In Christ, I I've been anointed to do what I've been called to do. Come on, somebody. I'm a child of the king. Come on, somebody. Hey, you got to realize the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. All things are under our feet. Got to change that mentality. In order to straighten out our mouths, we need to do something about our thoughts. When we stop mentally living in the past and start thinking in agreement with God, then we can begin speaking in agreement with him. And by doing so, prophesy our own future in agreement with God's word. So secondly and lastly, right, we said bless thyself. And what I mean by that, the first point is this, is that you need to start blessing yourself in the Lord. Speaking into your life. God, your word says that I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm blessed going out and coming in. That I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Your word says that I am more than a conqueror, that I'm a child of the king, that I'm a royal priesthood. I have no need of anything. Why? Because I belong to you. And everything that you have, I have. All I need to do is ask for it. God, see, you're blessing yourself. Rather than cursing yourself. Oh, nothing. I keep blowing it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Speak life. God, you've called me. You know what God's calling is? God, you've called me. I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. I'm in the process. God, you're working in my life. I, yes, I used to be this, but God, today, you're making me this. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of the living king. I'm blessed and highly favored. Hello. Second of all, I said, speak life, not death. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit, Whatever. The words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. That's Jesus speaking. When conveying the subject of prophesying your future, I'm not speaking of telling others what you believe you are going to do or going to have. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about name it and claim it stuff. I'm not talking about, see, whenever they're de- when you're dealing with somebody, you, you got people that come and they say they're prophets, and they start prophesying crazy stuff that's not even God's will. God's word, they're just prophesying stuff because it sounds good. And you're going to like it because it's going to appeal to your flesh, not to your spirit, right? So when a prophet comes in, he's only going to reveal or confirm what God has already called you to do. Simple. It's going to align with God's word and God's will. So it's not about prophesying the future. Hello, right? I'll tell you what is in a moment. So speak life, not death. In other words, now prophesy to yourself first. Do so on a daily basis. When driving to work, cleaning the house, going about your daily routine, begin to prophesy to yourself. Man, is your marriage in need? Is your husband or your spouse, your wife, man, you, you, you got to prophesy. Man, we're going to make it. 
God, you've called us. You've put us together. You said, God, well, well, man, well, you have put together. No man will separate. God, I prophesy over my wife. She's a woman of God. I prophesy over my wife. He's a man of God. God, you've you got to begin to prophesy. We're going to make it. We're not going to be a statistic. Hello. You got to prophesy, man, I'm delivered. I'm healed. God, you've set me free. Your word says that even the sun sets free. It's free indeed. I'm more than a conqueror. You got to prophesy into your life. You got to begin to prophesy to your finances. I'm not poor. I'm not just always going to just get by. God, you've called me. You've called me to prosper. You've called me. You're, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. And God, your blessings that you have for me. See, you got to you got to begin to prophesy. Claim those things that God has in His Word for your life. Speak life into your life, not death. Speak out faith-filled words, believing as Jesus said. That the words you speak are spirit and life. Declare and do. God's method of operation is he first declares, then he does. Right? That's why he said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Right? He says, I speak it. Do you not perceive it? Then it's going to happen. See, God always sent his prophets. And they went out and began to proclaim the word. Then God did it. Hello. Hello. See, that's the way God does it. His word, he speaks it, then he performs it. So you and I, when we begin to declare, you need to do. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to be faithful. While you spoke it, now do it. Follow through. Amen? God's method of operation, as I mentioned, he first declares, then he does. God used the prophets to speak words that brought forth God's will. From the spiritual to the natural realm. Hello. See, God's word is law. What they spoke in the spirit, all of a sudden now was manifested in the natural. It happened. Amen? Sow word seeds. This is concerning the law of sowing and reaping. Matthew 16, 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Bind the old and loose the new things God desires for your life today. As you stand, your words have power. You either can be a victim of your words or of words, or you could be a beneficiary of your words. Jesus said this in 15, 18 of Matthew, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. See, he, he was having a discussion, and he was telling the people, listen, what you put in to your mouth doesn't make you unclean. But it's what proceeds out of the mouth. For out of the overflow of the man's heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in the heart comes out of the mouth. Remember, what's in our heart goes to our mind, to our thoughts, and proceeds out of our mouth. It also is expressed in our attitudes and our behavior. See, so here's the deal. If you're going to begin to speak life, if you're going to begin to see change in your life, change in your, your personal health, change in your financial situation, change in your marriage or whatever situation, if you're going to begin to speak life, it needs to first start in the heart. If the heart is still bad, if the heart is dealing with disobedience, if the heart is dealing with unfaithfulness or unforgiveness and is not submitted, then no matter what comes out of your mouth, it's coming from the root of unfaithfulness. It's coming from the root of 
a bad source. So when the heart gets healed, when the heart gets fixed, then what proceeds out of the mouth is going to be life. It starts here. This morning, maybe there's some situations you've been dealing with, some situations you've been battling with, and you need change in your life. It's time for you to begin to start speaking words of life. We've been accustomed to speaking words of death, speaking curses to our loved ones, to our individuals, even curses to our own selves. This is your opportunity now to receive a breakthrough in your life. You've been instructed in the word. The word is no benefit to anybody unless it's obeyed. And until you and I come to a place that we're willing to obey God's word, then can you begin to receive the benefits of that word for your life? Come on, those of you that need to continue, listen, there's time. Just come. Let's take care of business with the Lord. Our tongue is a powerful thing that we need to get under control. It may not be curse words. It may be negative words that always proceed out of our mouth. You know, we always are those that see the cup half empty rather than half full. And words of negativity just seem to always proceed out of our mouth. God is challenging us, and then all of a sudden, well, I can't. Well, that's going to be difficult. Well, how are we going to do that? Or how am I going to do that? I never have enough money. I can't go. I can't. See, that's what needs to change. And ask God to come in and begin to heal your hearts. See, it's the Holy Spirit that renews the hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that begins to change and transform the mind through God's Word. But you've got to be willing to humble yourself. You've got to be willing to yield got to be willing to submit and obey and most of all you got to be willing to forgive got to be willing to forgive maybe individuals have hurt you in the past you've been holding on to that hurt those people have moved on with their lives but you're still harboring it and because you harbor it you become a victim and you're taking from your past and building with those materials your future And the evil thing about that is that the results you got in the past, you're also going to get in your future. When you were let down in the past, well, if you build off of that, you're going to get let down in your future. If you were hurt, if you were burned, that's what's going to happen in your future. See, when we live in the past, we're simply doomed to repeat it. You need to break the curse now. Come on, just begin to seek them, seek them, seek them, seek them. Father, we thank you this morning, God. Father, we ask, God, the Lord, you would empower us to be your mouthpiece, God. Convict us, Lord, God, when when we, God, proceed to speak words of negativity, words of death. Oh, God, that we would shut our mouths, oh, God. God, that we would not speak any hurtful words. That we would not allow our flesh and the enemy, God, to use us to destroy But we would yield to your Holy Spirit, God, so that we can be used to build, to edify, to strengthen, to gird up, to encourage. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would use us as well. God, teach us, Lord, your language. God, that we can begin to speak words, God, of life, spirit-filled words, God, into our life, into our circumstances, our situations, our families, our marriages, our finances, our health, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning, God. We love you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name we all say amen and amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning.